Well, today, kids, is a good day to die. Or, I can't even remember. What did the succubuses say in this game? It was like, today is a good day to die. Or something. Anyways. I, didn't, I have no You don't remember that. They were Klingons. No? I, <laughs> it was the succubuses. There are so many more memorable lines that I, I don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is XP quest. Like, like somebody get me a tankard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taker to at least it's not like the arrow to the knee where it just keeps looping all the time. Okay, this is XP Quest episode 16, and we are celebrating our one year anniversary. Golf claps, yay! So, uh, despite all my efforts, we've made it a year. Um, it, it, it's been a ride, and uh, and and now that you know we got Raytech on board, uh, I, I think we're we're sort of fleshing out. We're 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 expanding. We're getting our, our, our bringing more content. We're getting our crap together. <laughs> we're we're maturing. Isn't that right, Mister Poopy Pants? Um, and uh, and and, it, and as our a symbol of our maturity, uh, I switched to the Guinness Drought tonight with the little nitrous bubble in there too. So it's gonna be a good night. <laughs> Get me a tanker. <laughs> you can stick. You can go with that. I'm gonna stick with my lolly water and rum. Thank you. <laughs> lolly water and rum. <laughs> uh, so uh, tonight, uh, once again, we brought back uh, Brannick as our guest. Say hello, Brannick. Oh, now he's speechless. We lost him. <laughs> uh oh. Uh. Sorry, apparently I was muted. Uh, hello, uh, thank you for inviting me back. It's much appreciated. That's yes, I've been talking for a while. <laughs> so uh, he is pretty much uh, like I, like I really love Neverwinter Nights, and so do Raytech. But then like Brannick takes it to like a disturbing level. So we had to bring him Don't back say on that. the show. That's too much pressure. <laughs> He's the subject matter expert tonight. Yeah, clearly. So, uh, of course, tonight's show is Neverwinter Nights, the original Neverwinter Nights. Uh, not that well, fake no, AOL. No, <laughs> we're doing the first one, and if we have time, we'll cross into the second one. But uh, of course, for the 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 one person that's been living under a rock since two thousand and two. Uh, it is a, uh, it's an RPG. It was made by Bioware Interplay and a whole bunch of other people. And it was taken over by Atari and we'll cover that. (laughs) We'll cover that. Your hatred of Atari. (laughs) And, uh, there's just a difference between a developer and a publisher. (laughs) It was developed by Bioware. (laughs) (laughs) Same difference. (laughs) They're all smushed together. It's just dirty money everywhere. So, as uh, a developer myself, you are wrong, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it is set in the uh, Forgotten Realms campaign world, and it is based on D and D third edition rules. And yes. of course, the uh, uh, it is a. Single player and multiplayer, and the multiplayer is to the point where you could actually host your own servers, which is, I think, where the game really shines. So we'll we'll discuss in depth. Yes. So, Neverwinter Nights. First important question: What's everybody drinking? I don't want to say because I can't afford anything good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Dew and Bacardi. Mm. 
Ah, oh, Mountain Dew and Picard. That just sounds horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll have to try that sometime. I, mean, I swear I'm going to have to try this because you swear it's a great combination. So I'm just like, okay. This Mount- is a D&D related show, so Mountain Dew is appropriate. I suppose <laughs> I, I could. I'll, I'll accept that answer. <laughs> well, Mountain Dew has only come into Australia in the last five Six odd years, so really, uh, yeah. Back when I was playing D anD D, we didn't have Mountain Dew. Wow, that's a that's a disturbing thought. <laughs> so, like, you're like not years behind the tooth decay level that's in like <laughs> c- in Kentucky, right? Where there's just they just have no teeth left because of Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'm not sure Mountain Dew is entirely the reason for that. Well, yeah, that and meth, but you know. Let's be real. That's that's much more likely. <laughs> it's Kentucky. We could all make all the Kentucky jokes we want. <laughs> hey, that's where bourbon comes from. They're doing something right. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> the bottom fell out of the bourbon market, so they switched over to meth. <laughs> uh, I figure I better get busy baking meth, or I better get busy dying. <laughs> okay, so uh, Neverwinter Nights was originally a, an AOL game. So could you explain this to us, Brannick? Because as I can I, explain I just, it I, as much as I'm familiar with like, it. Like, I was um, on AOL back then, and I do not remember anything See, I was never it. on AOL. So I, I've never played this. I've never had access to it. I didn't find out about it until years later. That probably would have blown my mind if I would have but come across this. There was... And, and keep in mind, th- there's no real relationship between the... Uh, quote-unquote original Neverwinter Nights, the AOL game, and the Bioware game that we're discussing today, aside from the name and a particular design feature, which I'll get to. Um, the original Neverwinter Nights was an early MMO, basically. Um, a very primitive one that was only available to AOL subscribers. Um, I don't remember it being... I mean, I, I don't remember ever even hearing about it, so certainly it, it couldn't have been that popular. Um, I don't know. I don't know a lot about the game itself. <laughs> what I do know is that the city of Neverwinter, which you spend all, pretty much the entire first act in in, in the game that we're talking about, um, that city is basically modeled like tile for tile off of the original game, you know, the, the original AOL game. Uh, I guess in order for you know the few people who recognized the name from when they played it on AOL, so they would recognize <laughs> the city. I don't understand because I think that was a very big problem for uh, for the campaign in that game. Um, it led to like the the first quarter at least of that game feeling very bland and vanilla, and like it's just hard to actually finish to get onto where there's a little bit of good stuff in Act Two. And that's kind of the only part really worth playing. <laughs> okay, so I, I found on the, this lovely... It was on Wikipedia. The reception of the original AOL game. There's this hilarious uh, line here. Go, it says, go for it. According to GameSpy, with hundreds of loyal players adventuring, adventuring in the same city between 1991 and 1997, AOL pulled the plug 
Politics, guilds, and alliances quickly formed a social community that was far more important than the actual game. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then uh, in 2008, it got honored along with EverQuest World of Warcraft <laughs> for advancing the art form of MMORPG. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it was one of the building blocks. It sounds like this truly was more uh socialization like as if like lotro just stopped at brie like that's kind of what this sounds like it was more about the the parties and the festivals and the guilds and you know not right. really um it but basically um in australia at that at that particular time it really came about as a means for people who were basically into role playing at the time but were actually at I suppose at the uh, age bracket that I was, basically, the later ad- late, later adults which couldn't really get out to role playing games and such as much as they used to. Oh, we we but, talking about the AOL version or, or the? Uh, <laughs> the yeah, because the two thousand. I'm, I'm talking about the I'm talking about the AOL version, the 1991 AOL version. Yeah, that's a very different. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's a little bit uh, f- further back than yeah, what I'm way talking back. About, yeah, yeah, I'm like still in yeah. middle school then. Jeez, we're, we're still in the kind of the, the history right now. <laughs> I had okay. Fun fact. Uh, I think it was '93. I remember upgrading to a 9600 baud modem, and I thought that I was king shit. <laughs> like those were the days when you could get 9600 yeah, balls as long, oh, as, long yeah. as your phone lines were of high enough quality that <laughs> you could actually <laughs> utilize that signal mom get off the phone i want to get online <laughs> yeah those yeah. are the days okay continue so this then bleeds into the neverwinter nights the the bioware version that came out in 2002 which is what we're actually talking about <laughs> right yeah. But there's okay. there's a lot more kind of important history to Neverwinter Nights one coming around because that wasn't Bioware's first RPG, you know. Very famously, they made Baldur's Gate. Correct, and that's kind of what launched them into success was was the original Baldur's Gate. Okay, which... for t- ten seconds here, also to set up the time period. Um, I, I looked Nin- really nineteen ninety eight. No, I looked really quick at what else came out in two thousand two. Uh, game-wise, and you got some freaking atomic bombs here. So this is the exciting age that this came out in. This is when Neverwinter Nights 1 came out. Yes. You got Elder Scrolls Morrowind 3, or Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. You got Warcraft 3, Battlefield 1942, Age of Mythology, uh, Neverwinter Nights, of course, Star Wars Jedi Knights 2, Mm. Hitman 2. God, the list just keeps going. There was yeah. uh, expansions for. There was the first expansion for uh, Morrowind, Roller Coaster Tycoon Two. Hell yeah! Yeah, there was so much yeah. stuff. Yeah. Icewind Dale Two came out that year too. So yeah, earlier in the that was actually uh, very notable leading up to the launch of Neverwinter Nights because Icewind Dale Two was the first game to sort of have some of the third edition stuff. Mm-hmm. It was still a second edition rule set, but they like converted oh, wow. some of the classes like i think they added sorcerers <laughs> grand theft in, auto vice city into came out it. Then. <laughs> it was a good yeah. year that was a great year in it, gaming it was and i remember when this came out i was just like 
I I had a friend. It was it was my friend who was a you know hardcore D and D guy. He was just like, dude, and, you got to get this. And then I this was well, the, this was a game I had to save up a bad lot of money to buy. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that when you have that kind of a competition for any kind of a single player experience, like your campaign being that bad, coming after Baldur's Gate two. Yeah, you know, Bioware's most recent, you know, RPG. People expected a lot better from the original campaign, and, and what they got was intended. They got a very different game, but but in th- order to th- kind of, I think at the time though, like I sort of looked past. For me, I looked past all the 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 campaign shenanigans and that. Like you know, I look back now and I'm like, wow, this really was not great writing, and it was sort of cheesy, and the the city's just blah. But at the time, you're just like when you go from point and click you know, isometric view to full Which on still 3D. Had. Like, and that was like one of the first games that just crushed my computer. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going <laughs> to have to get a better computer to play this game. Right. And I would go to my friend's house who had a really nice brand new computer and it ran so much better. And like, he had the, like, I, I, I remember when I saw the feature where he turned on the grass where you actually saw grass. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's, oh a, my there's God. a slider. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you remember that? There's a slider <laughs> like, for it. Like, for oh like my how God. much grass you want. That was just mind blowing. And then like he, his computer being expensive, he still couldn't do the shiny water. Like that was like years later when somebody got this just kick-ass video card where we finally got to see it with the, the, the shiny water effect, <laughs> you know? Right. Not a realistic effect. Just shiny. No, no, just shiny. Yeah. So, at the time, this was the first game that just blew my mind with, like, the ability to do, like, three-dimensional role-playing. Because I swear, up till that point, it was either, you know, like, Nintendo-like stuff, or it was, like, point-and-click, isometric view. Right. Well, can I talk about the Infinity Engine yeah, games? So, yeah, go ahead. How they yeah, go ahead and directly... talk about the, the development. <laughs> All right, so... Bioware developed uh Baldur's Gate but it was published by Black Isle Studios which although Black Isle is also a developer Black Isle was basically a division of Interplay that was also an internal development studio within Interplay the publisher um so because Baldur's Gate was a role-playing game Interplay said all right go through these guys go through this division and you know that's why Baldur's Gate has both logos on the box. Black Isle Studios basically forged their relationship with Bioware at you know when they published that game. And there's a long-standing history uh, from that moment on of, of those two companies working very closely together. Um, abs- like years later, basically the development studio Black Isle split from Interplay and formed an independent studio called uh, Obsidian Entertainment, which still exists today. They're most notable for making sequels to Bioware's games. They did Knights of the Old Republic 2. They did Neverwinter Nights 2. That's, you know, it all stems back from that original relationship. So while while Bioware is working on Baldur's Gate 2, Obsidian Entertainment um, releases their own games that they make with Bioware's engine. Bioware made the engine, which is called the Infinity Engine. And then, you know, they let their, you know, now friends at this point, um, Black Isle Studios, use that engine to make Icewind Dale 
and um, Planescape Torment, both very good games. <laughs> um, right. You know, during all, all of this time, you know, like that's kind of the games that people are expecting. Bal um, Bioware goes on to do Baldur's Gate 2, and it's just hailed as a huge hit. It, it's got, it, it's so much better than the original Baldur's Gate, even though that game was great. And, you know, when it came out, um, you know, it had such great writing, great characterization, you know, getting you up into epic levels and everything. Like it, it was just a very, very fondly remembered game um, for many, many reasons. And the important thing is it, is it had a great campaign and people loved it for its campaign. But people from the beginning have been playing all of these Infinity Engine games multiplayer. That's always been a big focus of them as well as you mm -hmm. would play either over a LAN or, you know, um, over the internet with, with your friends. Um, you would, you know, play through the campaign, but instead of, you know, hiring NPCs along the way, you would, you know, you would create the characters you're going to play and your friends would create the characters they're going to play. And you would basically all be in control of the full party the entire way through the game from the very beginning. Um, so it was sort of limited in like the way it worked you're just playing the campaign there's no module creation there's no dm client you know the game is still being the dm for you but you know a lot of people enjoyed the game that way it wasn't the primary market but i think probably for a lot of the developers that's where they got a lot of their fun out of it so they like that was a, a big focus of that being possible in the game mm -hmm. and I, I think that's what led to the development of Neverwinter Nights is all those multiplayer sessions of Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. Like, how can we make this more like real D&D? &D? So with Neverwinter Nights 1, the entire focus of the development of the game shifted. Instead of building a game that revolved around the campaign and having multiplayer as something you could do, um, Neverwinter Nights 1 was really a game built around a tool set and a DM client that let you create your own adventures, your own D&D modules, and run them, DM them for your friends online. Uh, with all the role-playing, all, you know, all the DM tools so that you could spawn enemies on the fly and award experience and all the things that you would need to do. Like, that was the core design of the game. So a lot of people kind of go, going into it didn't realize that the focus had shifted. Like people were aware that that stuff was going to be there and people were hyped for it. Like that all sounded cool to, you know, Baldur's Gate fans and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't, I think a lot of people, myself included, weren't prepared for the shift in focus. Yeah. And, and do you think any other game since has done that strategy? Definitely because not. I, Definitely I think not. That, that was what made no, this game I... an instant hit to me. I'm just like, even, oh my god! You, you know, yeah, it's you're you're buying even Neverwinter Nights game two maker, doesn't not... doesn't do the same thing. Neverwinter Nights two, in theory, does, but its tool set is so much more complicated that it works as a way to make single player modules because you need to put a lot of time into them. But it it's the the reason the tool set was so great in the first Neverwinter Nights. Uh, as far as like DMing games for your friends and creating modules and being able to keep updating them on the fly, raining bone dragons, was, you know, typical. was because it was so simple to use. You know, your your worlds are not going to look super fantastic. You know, you're essentially plopping down like large tiled areas. Yeah. You know, and and you're using your imagination for a lot of it. it like Neverwinter Nights Two, you're placing individual trees and you know like individual things and rescaling sizes and drawing like terrain <laughs> heights and things. You know, it's great for making a single player module, 
But when you're like DMing for your friends and you need new content week after week to keep your gaming sessions going, like it takes too much time. Neverwinter Nights 1 is still the king of it. No other game ever has been better, like computer game has ever been a better um, version of the D&D, like actual pen and paper D&D experience in a computer game form. And I've like, actually... Is that game. I've actually read multiple stories from like developers who end up like they get their foot in the door by making a Neverwinter Nights campaign and putting it like attaching yeah. it to their resume. Like <laughs> Bioware hired a lot of people, but there were several people who were hired because of their modules and they were hired directly on the Bioware to work yeah. on like official products and stuff. It's kind of like Minecraft you know? modders suddenly getting a job from Mojang, you know, <laughs> you're just like, Oh, yeah. right. You understand here, have a job. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, the tool set was easy enough to where anybody could take, you know, uh, a writer could easily showcase his writing without having to worry about coding. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you could, would code, still be if a you fan, could yeah. do the scripting, then all of a sudden you could do things that just would blow people's minds. You know? Correct. And it was perf it was a perfect storm because exactly at the moment that this game came out was when I had literally decided to go back to college and I had just taken like uh I took two classes of C and two classes of C sharp and then when this game came out Well it's out, the same syntax then. Yeah, and, and my this game came out and my friend was just like, Oh, we're gonna make our own campaigns and he was like, Do you know anything about this stuff? And I looked at it really long and hard and I realized that it was like straight up C. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I, I'm like, oh my god, I, I could do it's this. It's not like, literally <laughs> C. It's in W script. Yeah. But like the syntax is exactly the same. It's based on C. Yeah. So I I I I I was dangerous enough to where I can go out and find examples on the internet and either replicate or redo them or fix them or modify them, you know, and I understood right. the whole thing. So I think that's, that's where like, I really got my feet wet was the scripting aspect of this, but we, we could cover that when we get to the tool set section. <laughs> right. So let's just cover the single player campaigns for now, just to discuss their, their, right. their successes and their faults. <laughs> so, right. And, and uh, I think this this is where it's important to discuss one and two, um, because it's it's important to discuss the strengths and weaknesses of them both, because sure. they're both really good games just in very different ways. Yeah, like so Everyone Nights One is all what, about that D and D experience. Yeah, and it, it had what four chapters, correct? Um, I think it had four. Well, it had the original campaign, and then it had two expansion packs, and then there were they later they came out with the um the three uh, the like mini campaigns or whatever well no th those are those are premium modules that's that, right um and and there were six of those um released over a period of time and honestly like they should have done a lot better atari really mismanaged all of this like extremely badly uh through both neverwinter nights one and two so much so that there was only one premium module, which they renamed Adventure Pack, for Neverwinter Nights 2. And even though it was completed, Atari waited a year and a half before they actually published it with very little fanfare. <laughs> um, like, that's how bad they mismanaged the, this idea. Um, but originally, like, you had the original campaign, and I think you had three premium modules, which were uh, Witch's Wake, Shadow Guard, and Kingmaker. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Witch's Wake and Shadow Guard were interesting, especially Witch's Wake. Um, I don't necessarily recommend anyone play it though, because it's really short. There's no closure. It was designed to be like the first chapter of a long ongoing campaign. But after it came out uh, as a premium module, uh, basically Wizards of the Coast, you know, who owns D&D uh, said, look, that's an original setting. You, you can't be selling a game with Forgotten Realms on the cover with an original selling se- setting. You, you can't do that. We, we don't like you doing that. And, you know, they hold the license. So there was no, never they any follow-up. squished that. Right. That's why there's only, it's like the Witch's Wake part one, and that's all there ever will be. <laughs> Even though it's really good, and like I really, a lot of people really want to see what happens. It's also really short, and there's no closure whatsoever. So I don't necessarily recommend that you play it if you haven't already. I've never, um, I never knew that. Yeah, because I, I recently, when we sort of prepping for this show, I started playing Kingmaker, which was one of the mm-hmm. ones I had never played it before. And, of and the it three... actually, it sucked me back in. It was a, it was a good story up to a point. But, like, yeah. you know, it it it's... I forgot how these... Of legacy... those three, that one does have closure. It's the only one that does. Yeah. Like, and, that, that it works. But, like, out of... And... Out of all the the stuff that I played, like I enjoyed it playing that better than the original campaign. You know, we're oh, trying yeah. to escape oh, everyone yeah. or nights. Because you know, it, you know, it. I don't know. There's something about you know the, the plot of the whole thing. You know, it sort of drug me into well, it. It was very political. Maybe it's just because it's the election season, and I'm like, oh hell yeah, yeah I mean, I can, <laughs> hell yeah, I can be king. It's like, called the Kingmaker. It's yeah. political intrigue. Like, it, it, that, that's what that campaign is all about. I'm going to build a wall um, around this castle. <laughs> I'm gonna make well, the orcs pay for it. No. <laughs> over time, you had two more like full expansion packs, which were fantastic. Um, like compared to the like the original campaign, not even worth playing. The expansion packs, like they were good. Like they had good stories, um, and and they were much like that. Actually, appealed to people who wanted a story focused like single player experience. Those expansion packs gave those kinds of campaigns that. They were worth it for for those those players. Um, they also added you know three more premium modules over time, like one at a time. Uh, very notably, though, there was like the I believe it was supposed to be the one after Kingmaker. It was canceled. It was already done or very nearly done, and then it was canceled. But like Atari said, no, we don't want to put it put mm-hmm. it out for whatever reason. Um, and this is extremely notable to the series because it was the first one by Ossian Studios. And, and the sad part is, is like the. The premium stuff that they released, literally, to me, it almost seems like those were like some genius player made that campaign, and yeah, they you know, were like it, they it, were like really good polished mods that you could buy for like five bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but the the expansions, the uh, what is it? Uh, Shadows of Undertide and, and Hordes of the Underdark. Hordes of the Underdark. I have only ever played a little bit of Hordes of the Underdark, but I never made I never played the Shadows of Undertide. I remember using the I remember using the the, the tile sets and all the the resources those, those that came with good. it. But the, I never the modules played are, it. are like uh, the, the modules like the premium modules are a lot smaller in scope than mm-hmm. a full expansion. Um as as you would guess by the price point. Um but it's important to talk about Darkness over Daggerford which okay. was, was the first premium module developed by Ossian Studios, and it was canceled. So they had already basically finished this thing. 
Mm -hmm. and added a lot of features which were going to be put into the tool set and everything else and atari can't you know pulls the plug on this thing mm -hmm. um so they released it on their own for free um <laughs> it's called darkness over daggerford as of right now it is the best like uh, of the mod like uh campaign modules that it's possible to download and play right now for the original Never Winter Nights one, if you want a single player experience, Darkness Over Daggerford is the best you can get right now because apparently the activation servers are off and it's no longer to play the other ones, uh, aside from the, the three that were included with the uh, the Diamond Edition. I'm looking at uh, this article. It says another post-premium canceled mod was called Hex Coda. It was, a, <laughs> it was a mix of fantasy and science fiction involving the PC dealing with Mac... <laughs> machinations of multinational corporation called cathedral i'm like what yeah. Mach like, machinations <laughs> machinations oh, okay yeah <laughs> wow Dar darkness over dagger for added something that a lot of people had been missing from the infinity engine days in neverwinter nights and that okay. was an overworld like it had a, a world map where you could go from town to town on a map and you know like it would randomly decide whether or not you had to fight enemies along the way and all that stuff the same way you did in Baldur's Gate. Like uh, you added that content to Neverwinter Nights. That's what was like the big selling point of Darkness Over Daggerford. Also, it was much more polished. You know, there was a lot of new content. It, it was really, really well done and, and very, very much worth playing. Um, their next uh, premium module that they went on to do, which is the best of all the premium modules, is Wyvern Crown of Cormir. And in that one, they added rideable horses and a huge campaign that is is much bigger than a lot of the others. You know, like actually all the all the other premium modules. It's huh. really, really, really well done. Um, Infinite Dungeons, I believe, was the last premium module to come out for Neverwinter Nights One, which basically actually had a randomized dungeon. Like you could continue <laughs> playing indefinitely. Du the dungeon would randomly generate, it, you know, every floor and get more and more dangerous. Like it was, it would be different every time you played it and like quests and stories <laughs> and stuff would, would be randomized. And it, I mean, it was infinite it's, dungeons it's, it's infinite and it, dungeons it was awesome. Very similar to a three dimensional roguelike. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it was very, very fun and very well done. It says it has the exception of actually having the ability to respawn one's character. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that's great. Yeah. See, and I think this is topical because like in our, our D and D session, we're playing over at Gatcast. Like we're, we're deep in Baldur's Gate right now, <laughs> like awesome. we we just left awesome. Baldur's Gate. We're we're fleeing uh, on our way to Waterdeep. I don't even know what where. He, I don't even know if he's following a, a pre written campaign or if he just made one up. But it's it's so far it's wonderful. So <laughs> awesome, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah uh, the way that uh, role playing is now heading is uh, now an app on Roll Twenty. Yeah, yeah. Well. As, as far as Neverwinter Nights 1 story, like single player campaign and premium module content goes, um, in addition to all that, there's tons and tons of like really, really good downloadable modules that you can get for free on the mm. internet. Um, <laughs> but of all of that content, it is very important to note only like, um, at least of all the, the officially released content, um, only the original campaign sucks. Everything else is good and well worth playing. Um, I think a lot of people sort of missed out because they feel like, oh, well, I need to play the the first campaign first before I move on to this other stuff. 
and they have a bad experience and they never play any of it. Um, if, if you did that, I highly recommend playing some of the other stuff and just don't worry about the, the, the first campaign, the quote unquote, never winter nights campaign. Don't worry about that one. I, I sort of differ on that. Like, I think some of the, they should go back and play the premiums. Right. But I, yeah, I, here, here's my, my take on this. And I know we're talking single. If we're we're talking single player, but the the beauty of this game is, if you could find a group of just five knuckleheads that have this game, and you none of you have actually played the single player campaign, yeah. it is so much better to go back and play that as like a four person campaign. Well, and I was just gonna and, say and you have can someone, play those yeah, campaigns and have someone DM right. Exactly, well, that makes it so much better. But you <laughs> don't even you don't need a DM. You can play those like you do. Like multiplayer Baldur's Gate, yeah. Because but, I mean, there's the, already the, the DM though, you know, the and, quests and, and experience and everything. The DMing though, it it does it it. But it, it, you could you could get around the flaws by beefing it up or you know adding more. Loot in the original or, campaign, yes. But if you if you if you want to do that, then yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 that's my thought. Is. But, it, it, well, as, as for un, the expansion unlike packs, any other game, this game you could totally dissect. You could take the original campaign and modify it. You could make a copy of it and literally modify it to make it better or worse. Like they give you the tool set yeah. to completely just bastardize the game, which is although there wonderful. are some <laughs> there are some tricks you have to know in order to be able to modify the actual campaigns. Yeah, um, I but mean, it's not difficult. You, you'd really screw up the scripting. <laughs> well, it's it's actually it's a different file extension that's encrypted, but Neverwinter Nights comes with the tools to decrypt it. Yeah, um, you just have to like open it up as if it was a hack pack, and all you know. Yeah, then then export it out and all of this stuff. Um, so you can make basically a clone of any one of the officially released campaigns, expansion campaigns, whatever you can do that and then modify it and make your own version of it. Exactly. And make, make your own better version of it. No game has ever done that. <laughs> You're just like, here, have the game. Oh yeah. You want to change right. it? Change well, it. See, Go that's, nuts. That's, that's the other thing. <laughs> part of a Neverwinter Nights expansion and part of these big premium module releases wasn't just the single player content. It was all the new stuff that was going to be put in the tool set for you to use. Correct. That's that you uh, exa- exactly right. There was a, and and that was so the only reason I bought the expansions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that the was the primary reason I did. Just to keep up with uh, the uh, the uh, community server that I was involved heavily in at that stage, you, you had right. to have the expansions to have the tool sets that uh, the... Exactly. Uh, the group was thrown in. <laughs> exactly. By the way, we're adding drows. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Hordes of the Underdark was all about going down into the Underdark. Like, I mean, that's a big that, part of it. So, so it so didn't just add drows. Like, <laughs> exactly. And it added so many different awesome things that you could put into your own content. It had just stupid things. <laughs> Okay, um, so you wanted to touch briefly on Neverwinter Nights 2's campaign. So what? why did that yes. campaign shine versus 1? Well... Because I've, I've only played like two hours of Neverwinter Nights 2. <laughs> okay, well, Neverwinter Nights 2, um, if you play the tutorial section, which is optional, 
uh, it does start out pretty slow because it's like you're just going to a festival and there's like stuff to do to learn how to control it and whatnot. I think that's as far as I got. <laughs> okay, so you didn't even start the actual game. I was like, I was at a festival and I'm like, this is lame. Yeah. Actually, honestly, that's the, that's I, an didn't, I never really tutorial. got past the tutorial myself. Okay, so you've never because... even played the campaign. <laughs> No, because the actual model, the running model of of the of the the running model of the game, the 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 model that you're looking at as you're running along, was all it was all out of whack. I just couldn't I couldn't handle it. Right. Well, I mean, it's also worth noting when Never Winter Nights Two first came out, it was really buggy. There were a lot of problems. That has you know yeah that has been fixed since. I was an early <laughs> so, adopter of the game. And then I, I, I ordered the limited edition. It destroyed my computer. Like I was happy oh, because yeah. I could play Neverwinter Nights perfectly. On, and then when I got on a good computer, yeah, if when you I had a top of the line computer, it would crash. Yeah, and then it, yeah, and then it was all that, and I'm like, F the, like and I'm like, literally, like I'm like, f this game. And then like we'd go back to playing Neverwinter Nights one, and I'm like, I seriously gave right. up. I hardcore well, rage quit Neverwinter Nights two, and then years later on Gog. I made it further, but I still never made it past the damn tutorial. Like next time, just skip it. You don't even have to play the tu tutorial. Okay. You get, I, the the game is a <laughs> much better uh, role playing experience. There's so many great moments in it. The setting in the uh, official campaign for Neverwinter Nights Two is nothing brilliant, right? The gameplay is solid. The um, like the writing, the multiple paths through quest lines like different ways to approach things is brilliant like that that is all fantastic and it makes it a really good fun uh single player story to role play through and actually like dnd role play through it's really well done uh but it's i mean as far as setting goes it's sort of you know generic you know orcs are bad kill the bad guys that sort of thing um where neverwinter nights 2 really shines is in its first expansion pack mask of the betrayer which is incredibly dark. It's it's more horror fantasy than anything else. Um, it takes place directly after the original campaign, and you have been afflicted with something, um, which basically gives you like completely new gameplay mechanics in Mask of the Betrayer. You have a, uh, I think it's a like a, a soul meter and a craving meter, and <laughs> like it's. It's very, very dark. You can consume souls, and the more you consume them, the more you get addicted to them. And like it's 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 really dark and really inventive gameplay-wise. Everything about Massacre the Betrayer is brilliant. Highly recommend playing through that. And if you want to skip the original campaign, you can create a brand new level 18 character and play through it. It's all like epic high-level stuff. It's so much fun. Um is that what is that? Is like the the GOG version. Does that is that like the premium? Does like it just come with all those? Yeah, it it, ha it has all of the stuff I'm going to talk about. Yes. Okay. There, there's two expansion packs and the yeah, adventure it's Neverwinter Night complete. That's what it right. is. Um, so Mask of the Betrayer is, is fantastic. There's also Storm of Zahir, which I haven't actually played yet. I've messed around with it a little bit, but mostly I, I got it for the tool set and not through lack of interest. I just haven't gotten around to playing that one yet. Um, so I don't know how well its story and stuff is. I do know it's more of an open world style of, of focus for the game design, which sounds interesting. Um, but the really cool thing about that one is from the very beginning of Neverwinter Nights 1, 
um, there was a change in, in the design philosophy of party management, where as in all the Infinity Engine games, you had uh, like a whole party that you could manage all their inventories and you know level them up and do all these things. And in Neverwinter Nights, you have your character and your character can hire henchmen. You know, according to D and D rules, and and that that's how it's handled, which is great for what you know for w- what that stuff is, especially for like actually DMing D and D content, because like there are rules for henchmen, like it's the core part of D and D. But Storm is a here gives you full party management again in a campaign, and that to me was very exciting. Uh, yeah, that's right, because even. That's right, because, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm just recalling back to Neverwinter Nights, because I'm just like, ah, oh, that's right, because I, like, I had to go through extra menus to be able to get into their inner, their inventory. I'm just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, on, you click it wasn't on as hench- easy to use. You click as, on your uh, henchman, and you're like, yes, carry yeah. this for me, and you just, they just bitch. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, that's that's the henchman thing. <laughs> Shut up. Right. Carry this stuff. Here. <laughs> In, in Storm is here, you have direct party management. Okay. It's not quite as good as like, you know, as, as intuitive as the Infinity Engine games, but it's really close. And, and that's what it was based on, was sort of recapturing that. Because a lot of people had been wanting that. Um, the, yes, yes and no, to a point. I mean, because half the fun is like, you know, you... You got this. Well, ran- I, you, got the ran- you got the you got the randomness of the henchmen. You know, no, the, the henchmen are great. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that was bad. To, to I'm just to saying there was, <laughs> there was a lot of people that that wanted to be able to have more control over their party and and instead of having to, what you basically have to do if you wanted any kind of real control is script the AI to behave the way that you wanted. So you would essentially be programming the AI behavior of your henchmen yeah and honestly it's just it's a lot more intuitive I could to see be able how to control that, your party i can see how this would be a touchy subject no matter which way you swung on it right right some people just want it full ai other people just want complete control and it's just like there's never going to be a medium so <laughs> right and storm is here is its own campaign so you know if you don't want to play that if you if you like the neverwinter nights henchman system and you don't want full party control you don't have to play it okay <laughs> so know? uh just yeah. to be just so everyone knows uh, according to gog the esrb rating for neverwinter nights 2 is actually teen because it has alcohol reference in it oh there's lots of alcohol in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh and sexual themes and violence Yes, blood, mild uh, language, pl- online interactions, <laughs> lots of lots of dark content in Mask of the Betrayer, and it's Holy available crap. in um, uh, German, English, Espanol, Francis, Polsky, and something that I can't pronounce that looks Russian. It's got a, okay. bunch, of, it's got a bunch of backwards ends. Right. I'll copy and paste this into uh, chat. Here you go. Well, th- well, there's one more thing I still need to it's talk about. It's available in that language. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, and that is remember I talked before about Ossian Studios, mm-hmm. who d- who did Darkness Over Daggerford and Wyvern Crown of Cormir, like yes, which was the yes. the best of the premium modules for Neverwinter Nights One. Well, they did um, the Adventure Pack, which is what Atari rebranded premium modules as an Adventure Pack. They uh, you know they because of their success in in the first one, they got to make the first Adventure Pack for Neverwinter Nights Two. Turned out to be the only one. <laughs> And a year and it was a year and a half after it was finished and ready to go before Atari finally bothered to publish it just because, you know, people were demanding it. They're like, this is finished. Atari just, we don't want to publish it. We don't like, you know, we don't like the idea of premium modules, you know, 
they don't sell because you don't promote them. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Atari really like royally screwed up this whole premium module idea. Uh, however, Mysteries of Westgate itself is fantastic. It is included. If you buy it on GOG, get the complete edition. It comes with the adventure pack, Mysteries of Westgate. It's it's standalone. If you just want to play one campaign and, and not, you know, like just divorce from everything else, it's actually the one I would recommend. Um, it does a lot of inventive different things with its story, with its, you know, narrative storytelling. Um, it, it sort of plays on your expectations a lot. So it doesn't fall into a lot of the tropes and things that a lot of other RPGs fall into. Um, anytime there is a trope, it's completely turned on its head. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's really well done. You start out basically with a cursed mask. It, it, the game literally opens up with you having a cursed mask that you cannot take off of your face. And every time you sleep, you have the, just like the most horrible nightmares. And you see, you see cutscenes for these. So in your quest to remove this, it turns out that this, this, uh, this mask is a, a mask of this organization in, this, in the town of Westgate. Um, and so you, you go to Westgate to figure out what's going on and, and deal with that. And I don't want to spoil anything, but if, if there's one of the campaigns that comes with Neverwinter Nights 2 Complete that I recommend, like as your, your first experience, it would be that even over you know, the, the official campaigns and Mask of the Betrayer, which are fantastic. I, I recommend that just because it's a shorter, more concise. It's not short, but it is a shorter, uh, more concise, just thoroughly excellent from beginning to end adventure. Um, and if you don't like that, you don't like Neverwinter Nights too. So you'll, <laughs> you'll know pretty much immediately whether this is something that you dig or not. Okay. You've convinced me. I'll, reinstall and skip the tutorial <laughs> yes definitely do that tutorial is literally to teach you the mechanics <laughs> and if i mean you can i usually play through it just because i get a few things that you keep afterwards but it's like a two-hour slog of the most mind-numbingly boring quests <laughs> yeah it was bad um okay, but the, get... the actual like when the actual campaign kicks off the next day um, you know, things go to hell, you know, the town is burning and you're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on and save people and get out <laughs> of town and you work your way through, you know, like goblin or not goblin, but like lizard people infested caves. And there's so many different ways to tackle it. What I usually do, cause I have, I play a, like a uh, rogue with a lot of points in diplomacy. I usually, uh, you know, talk, talks the, talks the uh, lizard people into like helping me out and stuff and convince them I'm their God, you know, there's <laughs> so many awesome things to do that if all you've played is the tutorial, then Holy crap, man, you're really missing out. <laughs> See, that's where like in this campaign that we're playing for our tabletop D and D, uh, on roll 20, I'm having a blast because I've always played like a fighter or something. And this is the first time I've played a very charismatic bard and I'm literally just bullshitting awesome. my, I'm bullshitting that, my way out of everything. Those are, those are <laughs> such fun characters to play. Yeah. I've never had more fun in my entire life. I'm like, this is a great fucking, like, how have I never played a bard before? This is great. <laughs> I prefer okay. rogues, but bards are a lot of fun too. Let's get into now the the multiplayer with the Aurora toolset. This is uh Neverwinter Nights one. This is the this is the Cadillac of of, of fantastic yeah. options to have. 
and, and it's sad because when you look at the game, unless you were digging through like the like the program files where you start up the game, you wouldn't even know that it's there. Yeah. Right. Well, because as like... an end user. <laughs> As an end user, there's three basic core types of things that you can download, like modules you can download or or experience. You know, you've yeah. got your single like people make single player modules that you can down download and play through on your own as if it was just a campaign. That's fine, um, but I mean, there's already already hundreds of hours of campaign stuff. You know, if you're into that, there's plenty of cool stuff to find. But multiplayer is really where Neverwinter Nights one shines. And oh yes, th there is also you know the sort of like worlds that people make or um you know sort of like uh sandboxes essentially that people will make and you can dm completely your own content on the fly with the dm tools and even like later on there were community made tools to add even more power for for dms to be able to do stuff and those are a lot of fun because it's completely freeform the dm just creates the adventure around you and it's like it's all your party's creation on the fly much the way you know an actual dm session tends to be um then you also have uh aside from that you have persistent worlds and that yes. persistent worlds are sort of like a micro mmorpgs with up to 64 players and and, they and, still and well <laughs> and still, it, importantly with real role playing yeah with the dms hovering around you never knew when you were playing in a persistent world, if a DM was actually uh, looking over your shoulder, and there was many times that I yeah. I was actually caught out, um, <laughs> just doing my own little role play thing on my own, and I'd get a re reward quest out for, out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's what's awesome about the persistent worlds is you could log in at your own time, but so could the DMs, and there would just be people on doing whatever because usually a persistent world like is the world is going to be crafted with with quests and things to do regardless of whether there's a dm present or not but the dms are ten are usually they would tend to log in every once in a while and check and if there's any players on they're not just going to say okay i'm here let's do something they're going to watch what you're doing and they're going to start to like change things around you and like play with your experience yeah so in in the world that we did since uh my 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 friend at the time he was the ultimate creator he was the he he was the guy at the center of the matrix right i was the just the the scripting coding dude in the background but i also dm'd many nights a week and like it was like good cop bad cop cuz he would he would dm and he would just you know have fun with people and boost things to be a challenge i was the guy that would just troll people badly <laughs> you know so Gotcha. I, I was I was a bad DM. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was mean. My uh, I think that's why it made me a good Minecraft server admin too, because I was just like I just have no gotcha. tolerance for griefers and people that were sort of gaming. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. here's a guy that's t totally gaming the system. Let's just send him to hell. Okay, actually, my, my enjoy purgatory. <laughs> one character, like I I mean I've played probably hundreds of modules and stuff, and my favorite Neverwinter Nights character was on a persistent world where um, the idea was that I was just sort of a, a good-for-nothing rogue who worshipped Lady Timora. 
Our mm-hmm. Smiling Lady, also, you know, Lady Luck. Um, I that's that's who he he worshipped, and uh, <laughs> his his primary way of of worship was anytime he wanted to make a decision, he would flip a coin and let Lady Timora decide. That's how he would put it. Like, what does she want me to do? And he'd flip a coin. So on this persistent world, <laughs> I actually scripted a coin, like a, a little coin mod where I could, I, I could use this, this, this item. And in um, my chat and, and in the DM, in any DMs chat, it would say, you know, Kane Rivers, which is the character, flips a coin and it comes up with whatever the number is. Everyone else that was on the server would just see, you know, me flipping a coin and they wouldn't see the result. But me and the DM <laughs> would see the result of the coin, you know, or I, I guess it wouldn't be a number. It'd be, you know, either heads or tails. <laughs> um, but based on that, I would role play all of my experiences, like whatever, you know, should I do this? Should I not? What do you think, Lady Timora? And then the DM would know whether I'm being honest or not. I always was, but you know, the other players had no way of knowing I could just be flipping a coin for show, you know, but like from an RP perspective, that was just the most fun character to play. <laughs> so uh, Ray tech, it, it sounds yeah. like you obviously had a fantastic community that you want to talk about. Just go nuts. The floor is yours. Okay. Yeah. Um, to, to be quite honest, all the single player campaigns within Neverwinter Nights, I completely missed because I was so engrossed in the persistent world that I was playing in. Um, it was a, a, I suppose, semi-locally uh, run um, persistent world in a, based in Australia. And um, pretty much you're just interacting with other people albeit uh, like it was over text so there's so much you could do <laughs> yeah there was no voice but chat at the time <laughs> even sure there with was. that there was voice chat there was roger wilco oh <laughs> for those privileged enough but um there we we spent so much time uh, like in each other's company like night after night eventually um we started uh, running uh, basically city city meet, meetups for the people who were actually in the uh, cities around the country, and uh, I I attended my first one after uh, I don't know about three or four months. Uh, they decided to get the first one first uh, like Adelaide meetup uh, happening, and uh, as I walked into uh, the table where we were basically having dinner. It turned out one of the uh, DMs was an ex-girlfriend of mine from about 10 years prior (laughs) that I'd left behind. And uh, that just seeing her there was just stunned. I was just stunned. But, uh, yeah, the small world. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. Am I allowed to tangent at all here? No, 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 no. Not yet. (laughs) So... You bring up the whole voice chat thing. At the time, the way we played this, even our own multiplayer better, was we had LAN parties. Like, I have fond memories of dragging this 17 inch CRT monitor to my friend's <laughs> apartment 
carrying that thing up to the third oh. goddamn floor because there's no elevator. That sounds so fun, actually. And I, just, I would have loved to have went to a Neverwinter Nights uh, land party. That and would like be so we fun. heated the room to like a hundred degrees. And I don't. I mean, it was just. <laughs> yeah, it was a tiny. Fun. His a tiny apartment. He literally would pile all the furniture into his bedroom for the weekend. And we would he would surround the room with tables, and there would be like six of us in this tiny room that's like would seat one couch at max, right? Gotcha. There'd be six of us crushed in there, and like he had this horrible apartment, but he had fantastic internet, and oh my god, it was great. <laughs> and yeah, and then we we would order like way too much Chinese food. And the whole, it, it was like D&D, but with computers. Like, we would sit there for, and we would play, like, 12-hour sessions almost to the point where people were just, like, falling asleep on their keyboards. Nice. Yeah, those, were, those were good times. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could have shared in those times. I didn't know anyone, like, in real life anywhere near me who actually played. So all my friends that I played with were online. Yeah, if we we never really uh, like uh, had land sessions as as it was. I mean, uh, I suppose at that stage, a lot of us were like in co- in college, university, um, married, kids, working jobs. It's like just couldn't do it. But uh, we <laughs> we all like at the end end of the uh, working working shift, or when we had time, we were basically all in this world and uh, role playing with each other, like building character backstories. Mm-hmm. Uh, interacting with other right. characters, so, there were so many like marriages, divorces, <laughs> like in in game type things. It was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic. It was tabletop role playing brought into the computer game space. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think this was one and, of the last. This is the first and last game that I think I did like land parties with too. I mean, I, you know, I've I've done like you know, console you know parties where you know we'd play mario kart you know but like this is the first time i like i would drag this just gigantic computer right (laughs) i had a full tower computer back then too well as every gamer should yeah with like a Mm. steel case steel do you remember steel do you remember steel cases (laughs) they were heavy oh those are good times uh i swear it ran like windows 98 I yes, actually it, still have my Windows 98 yeah, disc. Windows 98 original, not SE. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I have. Ooh. Hey, I think I had a pirated copy in Windows 95. Ouch, A or B. <laughs> I was oh, I so proud. Because uh, if it was A, you had some serious like, major security problems. I was really proud because it had like, uh, what are those... Uh, it was like one of the one of the original like 5.1 surround video or sound cards. Like, do you remember back when uh, sound yeah. cards used to be mm-hmm. the shit, and now it's oh, just yeah. like nobody even thinks about them anymore. The only oh, yeah. sound card that was worth having was Sound Blaster. Yeah, yeah, it was like a Sound Blaster. Or something no, there and... there were better ones, but they cost like five times the price. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, you were just like, oh, look at this sound card I got. Now everybody's like, who fucking like seriously? Just plug a headphones in, <laughs> you know. Mm. Now it's all about the video card, as it should be. But God, those are the days. Well, I I would actually like to uh, explain something I brought up earlier. Um, sure. I I meant to to read something from the Mask of the Betrayer manual uh, earlier when I was talking about the 
how I added different mechanics. I wanted to explain how those worked. And I, I completely forgot that I have the manual sitting right next to me. I actually <laughs> prepared for today. <laughs> um, we did. I mean, all so, I did was got two packs of Guinness, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, in, in Mask of the Betrayer, it's possible to, to become a spirit eater. Um, it's a, an affliction that gives you, that makes your character more powerful, but at a cost, a spirit eater develops a thirst for spirits and souls without a steady diet of them. It's power wanes and it must seek out opportunities to devour spirits and be restored. So there's two mechanics here. You've got spirit energy, a spirit eater subsists on energy gained from devouring spirits and souls over time. That energy is consumed and must be replenished or its health will begin to decline. So your HP will go down huh. your spirit. Your spirit energy will be displayed to you in the form of a bar on which you can monitor its status. Watermarks on either side of the bar denote points at which you will enter a new stage of health impairment. Should your energy drop below them, the progress to new stages accelerates as spirit energy drops and each of them may mean new penalties to statistics status impairments or hit point damage over time the final stage at the very bottom of the bar means death and the end of the game for a spirit eater uh, <laughs> then you also have a craving mechanic the more inclined to embrace its hunger and and devour spirits that a spirit eater is the more it will begin to crave them and the more dependent upon them Conversely, a spirit eater that tends to fight for control over its hunger will find that it is progressively able to subsist on fewer of them. Just below your spirit energy bar is a horizontal bar that displays your present level of craving. Its level is influenced by what spirit eater powers you decide to use, as well as particular decisions you make along the game's storyline. The more full the bar, the more consumed you are by your hunger and the faster your spirit energy will be depleted. However, frequently giving into your hunger may also cause you to manifest certain new spirit eater characteristics. And those characteristics may be to your benefit. Sounds way mm. too complicated, like worse than arc, which I hated for like the thirst mechanic. You're just like, oh, <laughs> between the thirst, the it's, hunger, the health, it's fantastic. The, the heat. You're just like, oh, my God, there's too much to freaking pay attention to. <laughs> it's it's in an in a Neverwinter Nights game, man. So it's all role playing. Like yeah, it, it's, it's so good. It's so good. It's like, you I, know, I, at least we're like vamp class wouldn't be good. At least with like, you know, vampirism, right? Or whatever, however you say it. Uh, you know, you could see, okay, I got to suck some blood, right? But it's, it's kind of extreme. Yeah. Kind of extreme. <laughs> well, I I just this, really that's like, like hardcore. That that's hardcore yeah, role play. It, it right models there. like addiction rules. You know, your craving level. That's yeah. what I love about At it. At that it, point, that's hard. It's not just binary. That's tailored 100% to hardcore players. Like the average player would be like, I don't get what I'm doing. <laughs> It's, Never mind the hardcore players. Bad. How about the hardcore coders had to code the whole lot? <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's <sighs> fantastic. Okay, so the tool set. Um, this is where I know, you know, everything sort of took off for me, at least. Uh, I ended yeah, up... Same here. It's like... And I, I really wish that I, I think I want to go back and play Neverwinter Nights 2 and then start messing around with the tool set for Neverwinter Nights 2, you know, because I think that, that could be fun to a point. But uh, the, the, the tool set is just drag and drop, plug and play. You could just, 
within for, for one it is yeah for, yeah for one within seconds you could just construct entire yes. towns you could paint enemies and it's real easy you to could put set in up quest lines and dialogue trees and yeah, all you, that stuff you could set up sound effects fairly easy yeah. you know small mods within minutes you know you could just set up a situation yes. one cave here's a bunch of enemies here's some traps you know things like that you just drag and drop objects and paste them on but yeah, it, and, it, and the it, world itself is just these tiles you click okay you know i want a you know a, a house here you know and it's it's going to have a door on it automatically mm -hmm. you know and you can link that door to another area and it was beautiful because like when you're placing like tiles of floor down you could just continuously mm -hmm. click it and it keeps shifting the the randomness there was like yeah. for every tile there was like 10 separate tile or 10 versions of that same tile yeah, so you that sort of became a problem when you wanted to have a specific version of those like yeah. if you're really trying to <laughs> fine-tune because that's what i did yeah and there were actually tricks you could do in order to be able to like what i usually did was copy and paste individual tiles from one tile to another in order to ensure i got a specific one <laughs> and i don't remember how to do that now like there was a very particular bug in the ui for the tool set that you had to take advantage of to be able to do that yeah. i don't remember what it was and 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 the only time that that really sort of bit me in the butt was when you're designing like cramped like in house or like in inns and stuff where yeah. the like if you clicked it once it would just paint like a, a a floor with a whole bunch of like tables everywhere so then the players would be constantly like it would be like pathing issues you know you'd just be like oh yeah, there's exactly. all these stupid tables and the NPCs so you'd, are just you'd want to bouncing around the empty floor yeah exactly like that was the only time it really became a problem so but i i still think overall the tiles even before the expansion sets came out, the original set of, of tiles and, and resources that came with the original Aurora yeah, tool set was just for the wonderful. Yes. Yes, and then was. every time an expansion dropped, you're just like, oh my God, just like, we got to use this, yeah. you know? Because <laughs> it wasn't just like, oh, here's a dozen more things. It's like, here's just hundreds of new stuff. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like in all kinds of categories. It's just like, Every time it was like getting a new tool set with all kinds of new toys to play with and put into your worlds. It was so like, every I, expansion was fantastic. I think from a, a previous conversation we had, this is where I think we sort of differ. Uh, you are a huge fan of the the what is it the community hack pack or whatever it's called, whereas the, the CEP. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so when we it designed was the, it was our community server, expansion pack, when we designed our server, we deliberately designed it with vanilla settings that we just right. modified so hard, you know, just that, through in-game modifications there, because there we felt like we felt like we, it would gather more people because it required zero modding. You know what I mean? It well, just, I mean, straight, this, and, this and I think didn't require anything else either though. That that's, I mean, the entire purpose of the community expansion pack was to take the best of everything and include it in one thing that people needed. And it yeah. was used in ev like everything. But All somebody, the big, big somebody would have to every kind. Somebody would have to install the game and then still go right. out there and modify it with this community. And All they would have to do is just install another expansion pack. You just install another expansion pack. And so I mean, even to... from like my Minecraft days, it was it, it was that way. You know, the the less mods you no, had on your game, the more right. likely people would play it. Believe, you know? believe me, I I understand. I actually did a lot of my uh, mods that I was working on. I had the same philosophy. 
because I didn't need the stuff that was in the CEP. But for a lot, especially a lot of persistent worlds, yeah. the things that you could get in the CEP were so radically different. Like you could get so many different awesome things. Um, I, I mean, we're talking thousands upon thousands of new objects, new places, new, just new things for your game. Yeah. Um, e even like different mechanics um, on, on some of the things. So it, I'm not saying like, you know, well, you're wrong for not using it. Not, <laughs> not at all. Um, but it served a very real purpose in consolidating that. So what you didn't have was going to one server over here and, oh, well, we need you to download these 15 things yeah, and another server. Oh, we need these 30 things. You didn't have to mess with any of that. That's the way. It, I mean, back before, pack. before the community expansion pack came out, though, that's the way it was. It was annoying. Exactly. You would exactly. click on a you would click on a server and it would be like, "Go to this website to look at the ridiculous list of stuff you need." You know, and right. or or you'd have like custom installers for the big persistent worlds. It's like well, everything you need for our world is right then, here. I mean, but it, you, you would know? modify your game so hard, and then you'd finally get into this world, and you realize that the world's rubbish, or you know, the people running it right. suck, and you're just like, right, exactly. Oh my god, like, I spent all this time trying to it get was on a your barrier server. to entry. Yeah, which is why you know I was a huge proponent. I'm like, dude, let's just keep it vanilla. And, right. you know, our, our DM at the time was like, that's a great idea. And then we did it. And just like we had a full server every night of the week. It was wonderful. That's awesome. <laughs> like we crushed this guy's bandwidth going into his house. <laughs> we were if, if you were under the impression that I thought like you were doing the wrong thing, then I'm, I'm sorry to have given you that impression because <laughs> I did that a lot too with the stuff I was working on. So. Yeah, I I remember playing around with the community expansion pack. I'm like, well, you know, this really does add a lot more objects. But to me, it was just like, well, the, the me, amount of the amount of stuff that comes in the vanilla Aurora tool set. I'm like, if you can't make something fun out of this, then oh no, you know, you, like you how totally many? Can. I mean, it's like totally at what can. point are you just like, oh, I need more tools. You're just like, no, dude, well, there's a ridiculous amount of stuff. The thing I used more than anything else in the stuff that I would build when like I did moving use the CEP ships. We had freaking the, moving ships. Were the ships. hills. <laughs> yeah. The CEP let you build like actually hill, hilly areas with a lot of different terrain heights and things like that and build really complicated, large um, overworld areas that just in without the CEP, you would have like cliff faces and like ramps in one tile yeah, from yeah. one direction. Everything was hard edges. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you wanted any kind of rolling hills, you know, which it, like, for example, if you were doing a Lord of the Rings mod and wanted the Shire, you needed the CEP. Correct. Hmm. I could agree on that point. Yeah. Cause, uh, God, the cliffs, Jesus. <laughs> that, yeah. That, and see, that's the thing where I thought Neverwinter Nights too, when the, the brief amount of stuff that we played with it, it's just like, you could actually, uh, topographically modify things. You could just pull yeah. things up and down, would, almost like it was SimCity. You were just like, "Oop, raise this up and lower that down." Yeah, you know? sculpt the you'd sculpt the terrain. Um, there's a lot more fine-tuned detail in the tool set. It takes a lot, like, like there's a much bigger learning curve in the tool set for two, and mm -hmm. it takes a lot longer to get anything that looks good, just because the overall fidelity of everything is so higher. In Neverwinter Nights one, you know, you're not going to be able to get anything to that fidelity. So like. There's no point in 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 trying. You're you're still working in these like very defined square areas. Yeah. And in Neverwinter Nights 2, 
it's great for making single player content because you can really take your time and make really fantastic stuff. But part of making good uh, online content, either for a persistent world or for um, like just a, a sandbox for, for live DMs to, to play around in is the ability to change things quickly to keep the content fresh mm-hmm. on an ongoing basis as, as the role playing continues and the story progresses. And that is incredibly difficult to do in Neverwinter Nights 2. Fair enough. <laughs> Whew. Man, we've gone on for like an hour now. Okay. I think we've 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 I think we've put this subject to bed. <laughs> you know, uh, Ray, do you have anything you feel like we, we haven't passed? talked about no I've, I think we've pretty much covered everything that I, I can recall for from the uh, I suppose a year year and a half of uh, basically the time that I, I sunk into that uh, the basically the community side of never winter nights um, yeah I've just uh, mentioning all the games that had uh, been released in that time span and I now realize why I never played them because I was so <laughs> Because you were stuck invo- playing Neverwinter Nights. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Morrowind just passed me by. I was like, okay. Yeah, same thing. Oh, Th- I'm that, just like, it's just that was exactly I, I the reason was, why. I, was, I put over a thousand hours into Morrowind. I love that <laughs> game just as much. I mean, I play, I've, I've played uh, uh, Elder Scrolls and uh, I do own Daggerfall. But uh, yeah, Morrowind just passed me by, and uh, now Morrowind I realize why. That series, actually. <laughs> but um, th- if if you guys don't mind, I would like to talk about a couple, like not really about them, but I'd, I'd like to mention some uh, recommendations for mods that people could download, like single player single player modules. Um, I mean, there are obviously hundreds and hundreds of awesome ones to choose from, but I'm just going to, you know, stick to a couple. So basically anything Adam Miller made, Adam Miller, Adam Miller made a, it's basically a saga. There's, there's three separate series um, that are all connected story-wise, you know, through basically three separate timelines in uh, Neverwinter Nights 1. Um, I think Shadow Guards or something was one. I actually, no, that, that wasn't it. I, I don't remember what they're called right off. I'd have to look at my install because I have them installed. But um, those are awesome. If you just like search Adam Miller, Neverwinter Nights, you'll find his stuff. He, he was widely considered to be the best um, like quality, like RP, single player RP content creator for Neverwinter Nights. Uh, he also did a series on Neverwinter Nights 2 called Dark Waters, which is also fantastic. And then I'd also like to mention Misery Stone, which is a uh, Ravenloft setting campaign um, that is for Neverwinter Nights 2. And I I do have a writing credit on it. I, I'm in the credits under additional writing. Um, so I'm a little bit biased, but even if I wasn't, that module is absolutely fantastic. It is very dark, very gothic, very unforgiving, and like full of horror stuff. It's Ravenloft, and is Ravenloft done really, really well? <laughs> nice. I might have to. Uh, well, if if I uh, do ever venture back into the Neverwinter realms, I might have to look that up. Yeah, I put a uh, place in the dock. You can put these in here, so it'll go out in the show notes. <laughs> Okay, Feel I'll free have to, to modify. I'll have to look up. I'll have to look up the links. I'll get on that right now. So, 
Nimrod writes, is this on a, I guess it is the last thing here. Is it, is this a definite must have in someone's repertoire? Like if you're saying you're new to gaming, this is one of the ones you have to have. If you like D and D or tabletop role-playing at all, and you like computer RPGs, Yes, absolutely. If Neverwinter Nights the same, two the same, you know, maybe. Uh, Neverwinter Nights two, yes. Um, just <laughs> not for it. Your focus is different. You know, your, <laughs> your focus is on single player content as opposed to multiplayer DM stuff. There are some great persistent worlds for Neverwinter Nights two, but they're not as reactive as one just due to the technical limitations. Yeah. Um, and there is so much great. Um, like single player content, both officially released and just from the community for Neverwinter Nights 2, it is well worth playing. Okay. Uh, are there still persistent worlds being run for Neverwinter yes. Nights? Oh, God, yes. Yes. For really? Neverwinter Nights 1, uh, because GameSpy shut down, you actually have to go through a sort of hacky procedure in order to connect to different servers and stuff. You, if you're interested in that stuff, you can find the information on Google. Um, I forget what it's called. It's like, well, I'm saying you could always and, you could always put in the direct connection if you know what it is. You basically right. have to yeah. find you basically have to right. find them across the web and then look at their connection strings, you know. But yeah, I I do recall right. but, but the if you want to have um, nonsense back in the day. Oh god, freaking GameSpy. Yeah. You can you can <laughs> you can still get the server browsers to work and everything. That all it still works just fine to this day. So you don't have to, you know, GameSpy was like the early something. version of Ubisoft bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Well, you just you there is a sort of hacky thing. I wish I could remember what it was. I that's one thing I didn't prepare beforehand. Um <laughs> But yeah, it, it is completely possible to do all the multiplayer stuff in, in Neverwinter Nights 1. Uh, 2 is a little bit easier, I think. I keep threatening um, but to I, start but It's up. not as good for the multiplayer. So. I keep threatening to start up our old server again. Because I still have a, a backup of the entire server. So We'll see. Awesome. Maybe. <laughs> we can host that on <laughs> XPQuest.com. Uh, so. let, me, let me know <laughs> if you do, and, and I'll jump on there. <laughs> You can see some of my scripting nonsense. <laughs> I'll, I'll roll up a character and let you DM me to my death. <laughs> yeah, last time I played it, I was like, okay, you know, this is... It. I, I I found it on a CD, and I'm like, oh my god. And I fired up Neverwinter Nights, Ice. I was playing it, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I walked, like, one board too far and just got just destroyed by some trolls. <laughs> just like, I'm like, oh, damn. Okay, so... um. I think we're going to move on to XP Quest news. Uh, of course, since we're one year, high five. Okay. Yay. <laughs> uh, we did find out at Lord of the Rings Online, they dropped, what is it, update 19? Where, are, so, Brannick, you're, you're more into Lotro right now these days. Did we actually make it into Mordor, or are we actually at the doors of Mordor? I don't know. I will say there's a map of Mordor, and that's all I know. Yeah, I've seen that. There's they, yeah, they finally released the map of Mordor, and I'm like, oh I'm, my god, I'm still this... in Central Gondor myself. I'm not even close to there yet, so. dude. I'm I just made it out of Moria. I'm way behind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm on the uh, I'm, I'm in Lothlorien. Uh, you know, I'm like, what the hell? Adam Miller's campaigns for the original Neverwinter Nights, by the way, are called Shadow Lords, Dreamcatcher, and Demon. And each of those campaigns is like five separate modules. Mm -hmm. 
one executable installer, just install it and all the content is added to your Neverwhere Nights. Super easy. Um, I'll get the link for you. Okay. Nice. So uh, the thing that I, that made me laugh about the, the Lord of the Rings Update 19 was <laughs> I saw that there's people making like separate chat rooms, even within our own podcasting network here. They're, they're making separate areas for non-spoilers versions of Update 19. I'm like, dude, he throws the freaking ring into the mountain of fire. Like, it's a, <laughs> like, how, like, at what point is it a spoiler? You're just like, we I all know how this ends, right? <laughs> you would. Well, that's the big major, I suppose, what the storyline is. But they, I think people don't want to be spoiled for the, all the little things that they can find. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, like... it's been quite a, quite a, uh, I suppose, a journey for a lot of people that uh, have been playing Lotro for how long now? I mean, yeah, they're coming up on ten years, I think. Right? It's been out like ten years. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I just I was I'm just sorry. I kept seeing stuff talking people talking about like putting spoiler hashtags, and I'm like. We all know how this ends. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> well, you wouldn't be here if you hadn't read the book. Let's be real about this. <laughs> Is or there any single person actually playing Lord of the Rings online who hasn't? E- yeah, who hasn't either read the book or Me? watched the movies? <laughs> I mean, I've seen the movies. I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan, honestly. I came to Lotro for the gameplay. Okay, I'm banning you from this show right now. Uh, <laughs> where's that button to ban? Okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh starting in a now that we're we're past a year here, I think I'm going to mix up the music a little bit. We we've been using uh this uh music from uh Machinima Sounds that I actually purchased. We actually own that song. Um so I'm open for suggestions. I'm thinking Dropkick Murphys. But, Excellent. You know, I'm open um, for suggestions. Which, which song? I suggest Good Rats by Dropkick Murphys. That's, <laughs> that's my favorite. We'll see. I, there's so many good ones. And it's topical because you know, I'm drinking some Guinness too. So it's, it's freaking wonderful. It's very topical. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to you know, headbang and fight, you know? <laughs> so uh, in our Finding Time to Grind section, uh, what's everybody playing this week? Uh, Brannick, what about you? Uh, this week, what have I been playing? Uh, well, I've been playing some Neverwinter Nights 1 and 2 in preparation for this. Woohoo! Uh, been playing a little bit of Elder Scrolls Online because there's the one Tamriel update 12 just came out, and that's pretty cool. Um, is that a do you is that a purchased upgrade? No, it's it's a free update, it's just it's the next update to the game. Um, basically it removes all the, uh, Alliance restrictions. You can go anywhere, all the content, like you'll level up to the content of the zone, uh, whatever zone you're in, your drops are always going to be relative to your character level. Like it's, it's a huge restructuring of the way all that stuff is handled. Uh, and purchased that, but I haven't bought any of the extra stuff that comes with it. So, yeah, I mean, I've got the expansion packs that have been released so far, but I haven't played any of that content yet. I'm still in, in the in the other content right now. So gotcha. there's still lots to do, but I mean, <laughs> now, now you can go to the other places. Cause it used to be in ESO when you like, when you reached your, the, the level cap, then you could go and do the quests in the other zones, like in, in the other uh, Alliance areas. 
Um, but now you can just do that whenever and you can go like, there's so many, so many awesome changes to the way it works, but it, it removes all those restrictions. You can um, group up with anybody, regardless of Alliance, all that stuff. My, my biggest gripe with that is unlike the Elder Scrolls games, there's no unarmed combat. Like that's a deal. Breaker. There's no thief class either. And that to me sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, when are they gonna add this stuff? <laughs> it's but coming. Is, it will there come. Is a, and there is a thieves guild expansion though, so it I'm, will be huge. Yes. And it is like, uh, okay. Uh, so that's all you're playing. I, I mean, I'm still playing some uh, Hyper Dimension Neptunia, uh, a little bit of Sims Three, uh, a little <laughs> bit of Star Maid. I, I mean, I play all kinds of stuff. <laughs> So what's uh Ray? What are you playing? Obviously, I see RimWorld constantly yeah. in your stream. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been uh, dragged my been dragged back into RimWorld. Of course, the uh, the modding scene there is just amazing. I applaud you if for it... turning it off while you're doing the show. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I'm looking at now is like you just sound bars going up and down, and just, really <laughs> just kicking back. That, that's as far as I, I go. I may have zoned out a, few, a couple times just uh, with the, the uh, drink and everything, but uh, I'm still here. I'm, it's good. <laughs> and paying somewhat attention. Uh, yeah, definitely RimWorld, been playing that. Actually, I mean, I've had real just big stints where I'll just play like five to ten hours in one go and just put it down for a few days because it, you, just, you just get lost in the things that are just happening and you just think oh yeah i'll play for another five minutes another five minutes no. a few hours later no. it's like, oh my god <laughs> yep so uh, i'm almost at the point of actually putting rim world down again and uh, going back to other things well, you, I've been playing. you say that now but <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll probably i will probably go back to that at it's some it's not stage as bad as like the minecraft you know heroin drip where you're just like oh i can't get rid of you I hate you. Come back. Okay, I'm well, going to play Minecraft. <laughs> that comes on to the uh, next part. I've been still been plotting, plotting away on my in re, um, basically uh, regrowth. It's a FTB uh, mod pack that's been out for actually very close on two years now. And I'm starting to get through into the uh, more interesting stuff where... Um, a, lot, a lot of the uh, basic auto crafting has been done and starting to integrate that sort of thing. And if you want to uh, basically look at that, uh, come out down to my uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Raytech Rages. Uh, that's the only thing that's been going on my channel lately, uh, <laughs> the game wise, of course, and basically this show whenever it happens and role play <laughs> of our D&D 5th edition. So that's good. that also goes up on the channel. So <laughs> plug away on that one. Um, when I'm not doing those, I've done. Uh, well, basically, I've played. I actually, I returned to Dragon Age Inquisition for my second playthrough, and I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I, as much as I am. <laughs> uh, did different class. Um, just basically, even just going through uh, the hinterlands again. Uh, it's a bit of a, it is a bit of a grind, but um, mixing it up with a different class altogether, the different mechanics, because the first playthrough played an archer, sat back, just uh, <laughs> plugged away all, all the skills, 
now I'm playing a, a fighter, a base, basically a shield-bearing fighter, and the mechanics is completely different. So that is really, really mixed that up. Who would have guessed using a sword that. and shield is different than using a bow and arrow? <laughs> <laughs> but they actually do a really good job of actually like changing up the mechanics just for the, the different classes, especially if you're like if you're playing that class. 95 to 100 percent of the time you're playing going through that playthrough is definitely a much different uh, style in itself so and you get to carry over all your um your recipes and other like collectible uh, things from the last playthrough so it seems as though you get the basically there's like they randomly drop the uh, recipes throughout your playthrough and then you can carry them over to your next playthrough. So essentially you are getting a lot more customization in the playthrough afterwards and a little bit more power. So you get... Yeah. It's a, a new a game bit... plus model, basically. Yeah, hmm. pretty much. Well, you, you're not getting like extra levels, but gear-wise you actually yeah, do get a little bit more power out of that and uh, a little bit more flexibility. Of course, there are like other... like. Uh, character choices and plot choices you can go through the game and experience and uh, role play as a completely different person through that so i'm i've have been enjoying that as more more than i thought i would hmm. uh i've put a few hours into uh, fallout 4 again <laughs> i just i just i enjoy playing snipers in in that <laughs> game and just seeing heads pop off i I don't know what it is. It's just so satisfying. Like straight up or vats? No, just straight up. <laughs> just looking down the sides and just holding that breath and just pull the trigger and the head just pops off. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, it's that's basically something I've carried on since my Borderland days where they actually reward you for shooting the head. <laughs> so shooting the head is something I've always aimed for. <laughs> Uh, actually, that's something we should we should play together at some stage. Borderlands or Borderlands Two. Actually, I haven't played Borderlands Two. Borderlands One, I played the hell out of back in the day. Owned them, never even installed. Sadly. <laughs> oh my I'm, goodness. I'm game. I put a lot of time <laughs> into the first one. I haven't played the second one yet either. I'm game for either. <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh, just to throw it over to you, uh, DJ. I put some time into Euro Truck Simulator as Woo-hoo! well. Awesome. Hark, hark. <laughs> I haven't done quite the, uh, the the things that you've done, so I'll throw it over to you and you can tell us all about your trucking experiences. I was inverted. I, I thought you said you weren't going to play uh, one of the truck simulators. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I was on, didn't you say that like, you wanted nothing to do with them? Currently, DJ's actually put more time into it than I have since I bought it uh, maybe about six, seven months ago. <laughs> Well, is that a brag or I'm I'm confused? Well, you <laughs> you have definitely it's a fantastic put, put it game. <laughs> it's good. Hang on, let's look. I here. wouldn't. Uh, I don't know about putting like thirty odd hours into it in two weeks. DJ? Thirty hours isn't much. Okay, so this <laughs> is uh, <laughs> this is now. When I when I sort my Steam games by playtime, this is now 14 on the list. Oh, it's climbing up there. 
climbing up there. Now, mind you, <laughs> like Fallout 4 has 347 hours, Lord of the Rings 1,122 hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, fun fact, most of the Lord of the Ring, Ring hours are either reinstalls or patching. Oh my god, that game. Oh, so much patching. <laughs> yeah, so I've been playing uh, Euro Truck Simulator 2. Uh, trucks, trucks, all day trucks. Uh, I, I, I made my expansion into Berlin. Uh, we've been okay. singing 99 Luft Balloons. It's been great. I, uh, I did my live... <laughs> I actually streamed for the, long, the first time in ever. Uh, we did... We called it DUI Truck Simulator, where I drank... I think we made 17 beers before I stopped streaming. It was it was American oh. it was American crap beers, but there were 17 of them, and oh, <laughs> and the sad part was it was hilarious because I at the end of the stream I had this guy from Scotland who had joined into chat, um, and hilarious guy I friended him now on Steam, um, and the whole time he's giving me all these tips and tricks. He's like a hardcore Euro Truck Simulator player, awesome. and. But he's got this just thick Scottish accent, and I, it was just cracking me up because I'm sitting here just drinking, just pounding beers, and he's laughing at me, watching me on the stream, and all this stuff. And, uh, and yeah, as a matter of fact, he's actually. He's I not, wish he's, I would have been there to watch that. <laughs> so he um, and of, I, I was streaming music in the background, so I couldn't put it on YouTube. It would just be uh, audioless, right? Right, <laughs> and um. Uh, the whole time I'm like, wow, I'm actually doing pretty good. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, okay, I, I got to stop playing. I got to really pee. You know, I stopped doing a rest stop. I hit save. I'm like, have a good night guys. And then the next day I came back and I thought I had parked the truck in like a rest area. And when I started up the save, I had parked it in the middle of a roundabout <laughs> and, my tr- and, my, and my truck, my truck had like sixty percent damage, and it wouldn't it wouldn't start. Wow. It was like I had to call a tow truck. Like oh, that's, that's how awesome. bad it was damaged. <laughs> and I'm like, so awesome. what the hell happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> how drunk was I? <laughs> I'm like, it really was DUI truck simulator. Like, mission wow. accomplished. And the, I mean, it was hilarious because it was like, oh my god, I'm just gonna park it here. I'm good for the night. And the I whole, really wish I would have seen that. Oh, it was a great night. Like, is, is the last broadcast still up? I don't know. I think it should be actually. It might. Oh, it's it's gonna, it's gonna have the audio removed though. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, I I ha- I've I've had hilarious thoughts about doing um the uh the the extra life campaign. I thought about doing it again, but this time I was going to do drunken karaoke truck driving where I was going to be like, you know, how, you know how everybody just, you know, how when you're driving and you, you know, you just singing to yourself, like imagine right. me doing that, but trying to sing badly and drinking. Right. That, oh, that yeah. would be an entertaining awesome. stream, but like, I couldn't do that for 24 hours. You know, it would have to be like, just like four, maybe four hours stops before I just, <laughs> I just collapse into oblivion and I probably just did devastate my company. Like, cause yeah, the, to fix my truck, like it bankrupted my company and I just, Aww. and like, it took me wow. a week of play to finally get my, to get out of that <laughs> debt. Like I had to borrow like $400,000 from the bank <laughs> to fix everything. 
I like I return like I made that delivery, that last delivery that from that save and like they were just disappointed. Like I got nothing oh, out of that. <laughs> they were just I'm like, sure. thanks for our trailer back jerk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, that that's an idea I'm tossing around in my head, but the dangerous thing is we're like five days, actually four days now from the release of farming simulator 17. So right. Things and that's going to definitely that's change. Gonna take your time. Yeah. yeah things are definitely going to well, change. I have an important question for both of you, I guess. Has anyone played any Diablo clones? Uh, no Diablo clones. Although I do have Diablo 2, the box set still sitting on my desk. <laughs> like it's I, there I to install. To say, everything is a Diablo clone. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't reinstalled Guild Wars 2, if that's what you're concerned about. So uh, Guild Wars 2 is an MMO. It's, it's the first one that's a Diablo clone. Oh, it's clone. the Guild Wars 1 is the Diablo clone. Okay. Yep. <laughs> no, I haven't okay. got anything uh, anyway near a Diablo clone. Not, so to, not uh, lately. To throw it back to last episode, here's the follow up. Right, uh, Viper was uh, he was on the show last week with you as well. Uh-huh. I, I love Viper to death. Great guy. I've actually we've shared a hotel room, and like he even tweeted tonight about remembering like a, a dump that I took in the hotel room. Uh, toilet, right? <laughs> Great guy. <laughs> Great guy. Love the guy to death. <laughs> yeah, here, here's the tweet. I finally checked in at the hotel. Random memory popped up of me performing an exorcism while DJ Pimp Daddy pooped. Good times. Like, love the guy to death. We've had, we, we've, we, we, we've like, I drove to Chicago. We threw down some Mario Kart. That kind of a guy. So, uh, he, <laughs> I love his opinion and he's great at everything. But for whatever reason, you just rubbed him freaking so hard. <laughs> he just, he was like, I will not come back on the show if he's on that show. So, like, <laughs> when I invited him back, from the network, you just broke him. I Like, it was all hilarious and fun in games. And the audio is fantastic. I still have to yet to publish it. I'm sorry, people. But, my God, he just, he just does not like you. <laughs> So Sorry, we're going to move I, around this issue. I kind of liked him. I the mean, whole thing of hashtag guy. Diablo clone is that's going to be stuck in, you know, the, that's going to be like season two of XP quest is everything's a Diablo clone. So <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. Okay. So, uh, Besides that, I really haven't been playing much. Of course, I did play the uh, Kingmaker campaign, and I, I I really did have a lot of fun with that. So, I uh, going back and looking at things, I I I still I would actually recommend that you know for people because yeah. <laughs> it was it was good. Of the three premium modules that come with Neverwinter Nights One, if you know if you buy it today, that's the one that's really worth playing. Like I said, the other two don't have any closure. They're they're still worth playing as far as playing through them, as long as you are comfortable not getting any closure. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. So then the uh, the the only other thing I've been playing this week is uh, I've been playing Gardenscapes on my iPhone because it I have a I have a thing for gardening games. I can't figure out why. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, in our donations section, uh, ending is still doing the Patreon donations. Uh, we have just 
metric tons of supporters on Patreon. If you would like to support the uh, Players Alliance, you could support any of the shows here. You just go to our donations page on xbquest.com, and you can support the Players Alliance on Patreon. You will find rewards, including a mention on the podcast of your choice, or even a guest for an episode on XP Quest. Yes, you could buy your guest spot. <laughs> uh, or you, you could just approach us with any topic. We're, we're yeah, we're kind of open. Yeah, hey, or, I got or, you, or you can show up in chat, and someone will say, "Hey, do you want to come on?" Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> send an email. We're that easy. <laughs> so. Uh, you can email us at podcast at xbquest.com, which somebody did uh, two weeks ago. Um, and then uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PlayersAlly, at xbquest, at DJ Pemptate, and at Raytech Rages. You can follow Raytech's YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash user slash Raytech Rages. Uh, what, what are your series now? You're mixing it up again. Well, not really. It's just uh, just plain old Minecraft at the moment, and uh, the uh, basically the role play sessions that we've been uh, doing. I've been uh, basically saving those and putting those up on the weekend. But that's my my side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever wanted to know what uh, Roll Twenty is like from a player's perspective, um, most often than not, a lot of the uh, DMs generally put their side up to uh, Twitch. Um, you can see it from a, a player's perspective on what uh, Roll20 is, is, is like to use as a, uh, a, I suppose, a role-playing client. Nice. And, um, yeah, and just basically XP Quest. Although I have been fiddling around with Twitch. So <laughs> once, uh, but I'm also in the, uh, in the building game at the moment. I'm getting an extension done to my house. So I've been... Mean, so real-life even- Minecraft. <laughs> oh, yeah, real, real life Minecraft is happening right here. So um, it's basically put a real hitch on plan, like plans to basically kick things going. So once that's finished and all settled down, well, basically my uh, computer room is going to get a, a, a revamp as well. So oh my God, I'm sorry. It, it'll be it'll be moving like workstations. I've that's got cool. three workstations to move, uh, rewire, and everything else like that. I'm surprised you so guys didn't all... hear that. I, I was playing with the chip clip below my leg, and the <laughs> cat came up, and apparently I put the chip clip across the cat's nose. Oh, <laughs> um, he was pissed. Cat. Sorry, cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, okay. So you're gonna be doing uh, Steam big game mode in the in your new home theater. Um, I'm looking at a Steam link. Yes. Nice. Nice. So that 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 will definitely be a thing. Um, the I the the new uh, uh, Nintendo Switch that got announced today. Yeah. Um, or late in the past, depending when whenever you actually get this uh, podcast. I had a look at that. It looks very interesting. But uh, the pre-order for Australia is a little under a thousand dollars. Oh wow! Oh. So I won't be getting that <laughs> Damn. ever. Damn. That's like just for uh, like. That's like the what was that stupid uh, the Panasonic uh, the Panasonic console that came out that was like nobody could that, ever afford it. Uh, the Ouya. No. no, you're talking about the 3DO. That was not a That's Panasonic three, console. 
It was the 3DO. Panasonic released uh, two models of it in the U.S. They had the, yeah. the manufacturing rights in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, there were like Sanyo-made versions, and there there were a bunch like I found, the hardware I manufacturer found was not the the maker of it. Was, I, I, but it was a 3DO I, console. I just remember like it came out and it was like a, a trillion eight, dollars. No, yeah. it was it was eight hundred dollars. It quickly dropped to seven hundred for the FZ one model. But at the uh, time, two, like seven hundred dollars right. was like a trillion two, dollars. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're just too like, little, oh my god. Late, too little, too late. They uh, released a uh, a different version of it that was lighter and top, you know had had the the tray that opens on the top. The FZ ten model, and that was a lot more cost effective. Uh, I want to say one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars, something like that. But by that point, people like had already moved on. Yeah. So then, like twenty years later, I found one at a yard sale and I got it for like five dollars. And then I played, (laughs) I played it for like ten minutes. I'm like, this thing sucks. Like, (laughs) like I swear to God, I'm like, I actually like the not worth the twenty. Not worth the twenty. It depends on it depends on the games Uh, because there are. There are games that came out late in the 3DO's life cycle and early in Saturn slash PlayStation life cycles uh, that are way better on the 3DO. Hmm. Um, most notably, the original Need for Speed. It, the 3DO version is is the best. Uh, there's a game <laughs> called Starfighter. The 3D ver- 3DO version is much better, like orders of magnitude better than any other version. Uh, the other versions have like you're supposed to be going into space and shooting down satellites, but they don't model space in the other versions. Like you're just in the clouds shooting down satellites, which makes no sense. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there, there are, yeah. there are good games on the 3DO. Uh, not enough to yeah. justify it in its day, but certainly if you can get one cheap now there, there's like $5. There, yeah. There's <laughs> well, no more than that. There's about a dozen games I would say that are really worth playing on the 3DO. So, it, you know, if you, if you can get a hold of those games, then it, well, I ended up selling on Craigslist yeah. for $25. So I, I would have paid I made you a profit. I made a profit. So. <laughs> I, I would have paid you more than that because I haven't had mine in a long time and I actually really want to get another. 3DO. So yeah. Uh, yeah. New console for me in the near future. I, I don't know. I was seeing that uh, price tag on the, uh, the the new Nintendo is like mm, even the the PlayStation Four Pro was cheaper by four hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I'm dude. It, when I built my home theater, the PlayStation Three was the heart of it. Mm. And I think so, it was just uh, because of the Bluetooth ability. Because I was just like I wanted something where I didn't have to f with you know remotes through the walls and stuff. So. Yeah. So basically, uh, I'll be definitely looking to source a Steam Link for sure maybe a playstation later but um so yeah once everything's settled i might actually get into some regular streaming on twitch just uh uh, some games that uh, i've always wanted to basically play with it to an audience uh games like uh, shadow run returns i've been kind of thinking about doing that games like sunless sea that's had an expansion come out recently which i haven't really looked at but uh sunless sea was actually quite a lot of fun i did i did enjoy that one too just i don't know just games where they're kind of like like easier yeah they they've got text to it i don't mind reading this stuff out out to the uh to whoever's uh, watching at the time or will be watching and uh, yeah put them onto the uh, channel well basically flood my channel with this the uh, <laughs> streams uh, rebroadcasts but uh yeah 
Nice. The plane. So, uh, Brannick, where can they find you at? Uh, BD Marvel on Twitter, um, clandestine-games.com uh, for my development stuff, and uh, lotroacademy.com if you want to listen to the Lotro Academy podcast. <laughs> but you haven't made it to Mortar yet. And you call yourself oh, an no. academy. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> what what <laughs> does that have to do with being an academy? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just joking. They're studying everything in detail, so it's taking them time. <laughs> well, actually, the main uh, the main goal, like our primary focus, is getting new players up to speed in Locho, explaining the mechanics and systems, how things work, so that people can get up to speed quickly and play with their friends and not feel intimidated by starting an, an older MMO. Uh, you know, I, I I definitely appreciate that because the problem with shows like Locho players is that they're they're a hundred percent focus on in-game stuff you know current right. in-game stuff I so mean, if if you found a new player and they started listening to lotro players they would be so freaking lost you know what I mean? yeah re- recommend lotro academy to to those people because that that's our primary goal i mean we have a lot of our listeners are you know have been playing the game a while and that's fine it's entertaining for them as well but we try to be as informative as possible um, I mean, we even have a terminology episode and we're <laughs> soon we're going to be doing another one um, because our termino- terminology episode was from 2010. And uh, like we basically took the approach that if somebody's never played a game before, let alone an RPG, let alone an MMO, let alone Lotro, what are terms that they might hear that they might need to understand? So we explain <laughs> experience and levels and like everything. What the hell's DPS? <laughs> exactly. We, co- we cover that. Um, more, dots, more dots. More dots. Okay. <laughs> um, but we're going we're gonna to do an updated one very soon because like, there's some things that need updates. Like, uh, obviously, MT. People say MT a lot now, meaning Minas Tirith. Well, at the time we recorded that, it, anytime you saw MT, it meant mistype or mistell. You know? <laughs> um, so we need Actually, to kind of address that. <laughs> MT is main tank, but anyway... <laughs> Okay, I've that's, actually that's never not... heard I've never heard it used in that context, but I will bring that up in our in our <laughs> next version of it. So that, thank that's you for that. From my, that's harking back from my wow days. So <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, you know, I mean, one that... of these days we're going to cover wow just someday, but it's not going to be soon. <laughs> I feel like that's that... like a drug I don't want to reinduce Raytech to. No, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just like that. Like, yeah, we just need to abstain somehow. <laughs> that That's a bad place to go. <laughs> so you can follow all our Players Alliance live shows. Uh, Monday, 830, you got uh, DDO Players News. Uh, every other Thursday-ish, we have XP Quest, of course. Uh, the last Friday of every month, you have uh, Lotro Academy, and Saturdays eight thirty, you have Lotro Players News. So well, Lotro Academy is is actually weekly, but we do what? a live broadcast um, once a month at the end of the month, where ah. we have like live questions and answers and a stump pine leaf segment and stump yeah. pine leaf segment. Okay, yeah. Oh, it, it's that. it's great. It's been a while since I've listened to an episode of that, but. You yeah, have that, me at stump piling. That, that, that's the uh, that's Lotro Academy after school, which we do once a month. We started uh, okay. that this that's year. That's what it is. Okay, well, we need to fix this document then. I'm blaming this on Ray for not fixing the document. 
I just gave him this duty tonight. The first thing he said was, I don't want to do it. So <laughs> we're in a tissy fit fight right now. Okay. Uh, so next week, uh, not next week, uh, next, next week, uh, I think we're going to finally throw down Kingdoms of Amalur, The Reckoning. Fantastic. Uh, yes. I've got several hours into this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lay into it it's in so between really in between farming simulator that comes out in four days. Uh, oh, my my advice to you: play with the controller. Okay, okay. yeah, definitely. And, yeah, definitely. And see, last time I did not, so I think that's where I went <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I would say so. I will play bust with out the my Xbox I'd controller. Hardly recommend that. Straighten out the coiled up cord, and we'll fix this. So. Okay, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and everybody, find time for that grind. See you guys. Till next time. Bye.